0: Everybody ready? Let's get into this today. I believe it'll be of great blessing. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 reads, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now, let me ask you a question. Is there a difference between um, has blessed and shall be blessed? Is there, a, is there a very important difference, or is that just kind of a minor, uh, minor detail there? Whether you realize it or not, it makes all the difference in the world as to uh, what we're going to experience in our lives, whether we see things as already done or yet to be done, still going to happen or already happened. And the, the Scripture says here concerning the blessing of God, That He, what? Has blessed us. He, what? Has blessed us. See, getting the tenses correct in relating to God is a vitally important key to our relationship with Him and receiving those things that He desires to be um, in place in our lives. If I am taking things that are past and putting them in the future, that's a big problem, all right? If I see things that are as things that are and call them or believe that they are still yet to be, then that will be a great hindrance to me ever walking in those particular things, those truths, those blessings from the Lord. And concerning the blessing of God, He has already blessed us. I must know what is past, what is present, and what is future. What hinders many Christians today is the belief that God is going to, recognize now future tense, that God is going to do something about their present affliction. You say, I I shouldn't believe that? No, you should not believe that. And this might seem like bad news to you today, but God is not going to do anything about your problem. Hallelujah. Man, that was an encouraging word today. I found out I am stuck. No, no, no. But listen real close. All right. God is not going to fix your problem. Now, now, some of you already know where I'm going because of the way of I've introduced this. The reason is, is because He's already fixed your problem. Yes. Not that He's uncaring. Not not that He doesn't love you. Not that He doesn't give a rip, so to speak, of what's going on and what you're dealing with and facing in life. But we must approach His Word and the eternal plan of God, the finished work of Christ through redemption, from that perspective, not from I am trying to get it to happen, trying to get God to move and do something, all right? And so until we get to a place of done, we will never experience God's best. And this is a mental, a heart shift. It is a believing shift that will cause what is to become a reality in our lives, all right? The overwhelming focus of so many New Testament uh, passages is the finished work of Christ. But it is unfortunate that so many Christians today live as if the redemptive work of Christ is an ongoing event. They talk to the Lord as if he's kind of in a process here. They relate to God. They deal with their own lives as if it's still ongoing. And not from a position of complete. And that makes a big difference in how we live our lives, like I said. Now, I'm aware of this. The Bible deals with future events. I'm not saying everything is past tense or everything is past is done. There are things that God is doing in the future. We have the book of Revelation. Remember that one? (laughs) We we know that heaven is future for us. We have the hope of heaven, all right? There is the, I'm aware of the process of the renewing of our mind as an ongoing event that is taking place. We are being transformed in that that way, okay? I'm not unaware of scriptures uh, like Philippians 1, that he will complete the work that he's begun in us, Okay, That is a true and valid um, approach to life. But the problem seems to be that so many believers, so many Christians, only relate to God based on what's not done, based on the process they are personally in, and they do not relate to God at all based upon the finished work, based upon the completion of everything that God has planned for the human race. And they are so many times waiting for God to do it. They're waiting for it to come. And I want to give you some more bad news today. It's not going to happen. If you've been waiting on God to move, you've been waiting on Him to show up, you've been waiting on Him to fix your predicament, not going to happen. But obviously we're not going to end with bad news. (laughs) Again, the good news is He already did. He's already completed it. Amen. And so uh, this is an approach we need and an understanding that's necessary in our lives. I looked up the word done, in case you weren't real certain about the meaning of done, and the the dictionary uh, uses this language. It says it indicates absoluteness or completion, absoluteness or completion. These are words That are key to defining God's relationship with us. And therefore, our relationship with Him. There is so much about this this reality, His kingdom, our relationship and walk with Him. That these words describe. And our life must be defined by this. Done. Complete. Complete. Finished, absolute, and so that's the title of my new series. It's already done. Anybody ready? Let's go. Uh, let's go a little bit further here today and uh, continue on in Ephesians chapter one and take a look at a few more verses here that use this tense. We're looking at tenses here, so we can understand God's approach to us. And why it's so vital that we recognize this. Ephesians 1 and verse 6. Notice, to the praise of the glory of His grace. By which He will make us accepted in the beloved. Does your Bible read that way? He's going to accept you at some point. If you clean up your act. If you do everything right. If you pray a little hard. If you're faithful over a period of time. He will accept you. No, no. The scripture says, by which he, what? Has made us. Has made. That means it it, it is already done. That means every single person in Christ has been, what? Accepted. Accepted. That means there's nothing I can do to add to that. There's nothing I can do to take away from that. His work is in me concerning acceptance is a completed thing. See, the way we approach the Lord sometimes, and I say we just as Christians in the world today, it's as if God needs to do more than what Jesus already did. That, that, that in order to be satisfactorily established in our lives we not only need what Jesus did, because Christians all believe in Jesus, or you're not a Christian, right? Believe in his death, burial, and resurrection. That's how you get into the kingdom. Okay, that we not only need that, but we also, say also, need God to do something else for us. And by that very thought, that even even that concept existing implies that Jesus only did part of it. That he only redeemed us To a degree, but God, I need help. Oh, but I sent Jesus. I know, I know, I know, but I need help in my life like right now. You hear what we're saying? We're saying Jesus did not help, or at least not enough. Or we relegate everything he did to heaven. And we say, I know that he took care of my life for the future, for eternity in heaven. But I'm here right now and I got bills and I got pain and I got kids and I got stuff and I got life. Help! We're saying Jesus is not enough. And that the help I need was not foreseen by God. So that when he dealt with all of the curse and all of the junk that sin produced in this world. When he dealt with it in Jesus He left a few things out. I know we wouldn't generally articulate that or pray that way. God, you didn't quite get the job done. But that is really what what we're communicating when we are not approaching him from this place of doneness. This place of completion saying... Every curse has been broken. Every blessing has been established in my life. Now it's complete and there's nothing else that needs to be done. Okay, let's keep reading here. Ephesians 1, now verse 7 says, In him we have redemption. Is that different than we're going to be redeemed? Or we're going to get redemption. In Him, what what do we do? We have, 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 have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. We're going to get forgiven? No, we have the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, which He, what's that word? Made, made, already, He made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Does the Lord need to make His grace and His, his riches, His redemption, His forgiveness, uh, does He need to make these things come to you or abound toward you? No, no, reality is He already did that. Whether you and I are walking in it, whether we've received it, whether it's a reality in our brains, that can be a whole nother question. But the scripture says He made it abound toward us. So that means right now, in my life, God's forgiveness, the riches of his grace, these things abound in me right now. What do you mean abound? I like that word. He didn't skimp. They are abundant in my life right now, right here, this very moment. Verse 9, having made known. Look at the language again. Having what? Made known. Known, (laughs) made known to us the mystery of his will. Someone said, I'm just trying to figure out the will of God. I wish God would show me his will. Well, according to the word, he's already made known the mystery of his will. Is he going to make it known? No, has made it known. The mystery of his will, according to the good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. Someone said, well, what am I even supposed to pray about then? Not much. Not a whole lot. And really, when you understand this, your prayers just look different. Your prayers are not so much asking God to do stuff day in and day out. Your prayers are a, a pr- are prayers of thanksgiving. Lord, I acknowledge that you have finished the work. I acknowledge that Jesus did the work and his work was complete on my behalf. And now I am blessed with every blessing. Now I am forgiven now i am accepted now i am filled with the knowledge of your will and our prayers of request are really primarily prayers of open my eyes give me revelation lord help me to see what already is not i'm trying to get you to do it and see that's a totally different approach than the way most people deal with the lord it's like man if god would just get his act together and do something for me if i could just get him to move Amen. Sometimes I think our prayers are unanswerable. They're unanswerable because the answer to our prayer is already a reality. Amen. If, uh If I were to be praying, Lord, send Joe to me. Lord... Send him. Tell him to come to me. Would you please? I just need Joe in my life. How could the Lord answer that prayer? How much more could Joe be here? He he can't be here any more than he is. Because he's already here. So what do you do with a prayer like that? I mean, if you're on the answering side. Uh, mm, probably just leave it alone. <laughs> God, why aren't you answering me? <laughs> well, because Joe's already here. Now, let's call Joe healing, deliverance, needs met, answer, joy, victory, peace, patience. <laughs> let's call him, let's call him the reality of uh, emotional strength, inner strength and peace and everything we want and need, direction, uh, everything we want and need in life. Lord, just send it, God. I need help here. Can't you see what's the Lord to do with that? If healing and prosperity and victory and peace and direction and joy, and it's already here. And you see how it can be a futile effort to try to get God to do something. He's already done. Yeah. And so much of our lives, everything we need, you know it's already been given. Amen. Amen. Thanks. Look at verse 11. Ephesians 1, 11. In him also we have, have the. V- v- Obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. What have we obtained? We already have obtained an inheritance. I've got an inheritance from God. So, what about if I'm praying for an inheritance? What about if I'm praying for the. No. How, how do you answer that? Other than, look. Maybe if we'd listen real close, the Lord would say, look. See. Maybe we'd be more like this. Behold. <laughs> because the reality is that's what we've, we've got to do. Come on now. The reality of our relationship with God is we must behold. Not we must seek what is not there. We must recognize what is. Behold the presence of God in your life. Behold your healing that's already done. Behold your provision. It's already here. Behold all the curse and all the junk of this life has already been broken off you. Recognize and acknowledge it today that it is done in every way. This is the work of God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Man, I almost had to say that in a different language. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Are you trying to get something from God or do you already have it? Until you get His provision into the present, you'll never experience it. And that's a great hindrance to many people, it's always in the future. It's out there. It's coming. One of these days, people do it with healing. They do it with provision. They do it with with revival. Many Christians live in revival mode. (gasps) It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. We're right on the edge. It's It's right there. It's close. It's close. And again, I'm not denying that God has future plans of things he's doing. But we must relate to him not based on what he's going to do. We relate to him based on what he has already done. All right. I don't want to live in future mode. I remember a lady years ago that I knew, and she was battling cancer. She's a, a Christian believer, and, and uh, I remember her telling the story to me and, and to other people. She was listening to a, a well-known minister, and had a national or international ministry, and this person was, was relating uh, the, the account of the Scripture from Exodus, when God, through Moses, delivered Israel from slavery and bondage in Egypt, and you remember how the scripture says about that, that they, they, um, uh, there was not one feeble among them, and you remember the situation when they left, basically they walked out with all the Egyptians' gold and silver, and, and they, 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 they plundered them, but at the same time, I mean, they were slaves. You had young people, you had old people. It's not like they had universal health care and all this stuff. So a lot of them were probably not really doing really well and had problems. But when they left, there was amazing healings that took place. Because all of a sudden, this whole group went out there well. And so this, I mean, that's a great Bible truth. But what this minister was teaching... It was that he said, one of these days, he said, there's a time coming when every single person in the body of Christ will be healed. And this person sharing this with me, uh, with her present condition, her cancer, that was giving her some kind of hope, thinking, I could tell by the way she talked about it. Like, yeah, one of these days, man, everyone's going to be healed. I thought, "Ah, that's going to keep you from getting healed. It really is. What that, what that foreshadowed, what that was a, a type of, was Jesus. And when he was raised from the dead, everyone was healed. But just like every blessing that's given by grace, they must be received by faith. And I can't live my life thinking, someday it's going to come, someday it's going to happen, and everything's just going to be right everything's just going to be fixed by God. It was fixed by God, but he doesn't impose this upon us. He gives us his word, the revelation of truth that we grab hold of and put it in our hearts, and then we walk in the reality of what he's already done. But if I think, well, one of these days I'm going to be cruising along, and it's just going to happen to me. It's not. It's not because it already did. Look over with me at Romans 8. Romans 8. Romans, the 8th chapter. Can I take you a little bit further in this? I want us to see in the Scripture how God deals with us from a finished perspective, a done place. And if we'll see this, oh, it'll help us tremendously. It'll help us tremendously to stop trying to get what we've already got. Romans chapter 8, verse 29 Eight twenty nine. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now, when the Bible says he foreknew, that that means foreknowledge. In other words, God is God has the ability to see the end from the beginning. He has the ability to look into the future. And whenever you, if you ever run into scriptures that like this that deal with predestination, and maybe you're confused about that. It's, it's real simple, this one and another verse in Peter make it very clear that God predestines based upon foreknowledge. In other words, he saw that you would accept or reject him. He saw, he knew that you would say yes, and based upon that, he did some things, planned some things out for your life, all right? Didn't make the decision for you, didn't decide ahead of time, you're going to say yes, you're going to say no, but he, or yes, uh, but uh, he did recognize and see that you would. Okay, now look, go on, verse 30. Moreover, whom he predestined, already, these he also called, already. Whom he called, these he also, what? Justified, duh, duh. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Doesn't it, it almost seems like God thinks this is already done. It's almost like he has this thing in his mind that we've already been called, Already been justified. Already been glorified. And I like the perspective of God. And can we see ourselves through this uh, glass instead of looking in our own mirror and seeing the way things presently look in our lives. Already called justified and glorified. I don't know about that glorified thing. Well, you got to see things from God's perspective. The Bible talks about different glories. There was the glory of the old covenant, the glory of Moses, there's the glory of the new. We have been transformed from glory to glory. The glory of Christ now abides on the inside of us. We now re- shine and, and reflect the very glory of God. Jesus inside of you means you're glorified. Already. Go over to 1 John chapter 3. So from God's perspective, and I'm going to have to say he's right, <laughs> he's correct, all these things are finished works, already called, already justified, already glorified. Doesn't sound like there's much else, not much left to do. Here I am, glorified by him. I've been made right in his sight. Uh, what did I tell you? 1 John chapter 3, verse 2, it says, Beloved. Now, when? All right, that's an important word. We're we're in the now. Now, we are the children of God. Are we trying to become the children of God? No. Now, we are. This is very, very important. Someone said, well, that's not a hard one. I mean, we're all the children of God. I mean, now watch. We're not all, this is referencing believers here. This is not saying everyone on the planet, they are the children of God. No, 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 no. Created by God and being in God's family are two different things. Sin removed people from God's uh, immediate family. They are still his creation. But when you hear people talking in the world saying, well, we're all God's children, say, "Uh uh-uh, that's not true. And we could take time and show you many scriptures along these lines. But being a child of God means you're in the family. You've been born of God, so now you're his kid. But this is not something that we have a hope for, something that we're looking forward to. I'm going to be God's child. I'm going to be in God's family. No, now we are the children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, so that's future. But we know that when He is revealed, He, Jesus, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Now watch. One reason we know that when we see Him, that we'll be like Him, is because we already are like Him. Someone say, I'm not like Jesus. If you're saved, you are. The other thing, I mean, I know this is a reality that we at at one point will be caught up in the air unless we die prior to that. We'll meet the Lord in the air and we'll be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye and we'll be given a glorified body like his. So in that way as well, when we see him, we'll be like him. We'll have a physical, spiritual body just like him. But the reality is this. We're already like the Lord. Now, now look at chapter four. 1 John 4 7. 4, 7. Beloved, let us love. Is that what I want? 17. Not 7. Sorry. 17. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Uh, is judgment day a, a, something you're looking forward to? <laughs> Well, because of the love of God perfected in us, we're supposed to be bold on that day. That doesn't mean, oh, junk, judgment day. And we're going to be coming before the Lord. No, 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 no. For the believer now, judgment is not a scary thing. Because it's actually a time of reward. Because we're not going to be punished for sin. Jesus was already punished for our sin. So judgment day is a happy day. Ooh. Judgment Day, when's my number? Am I up next? Come on, bring it, Lord. Huh? That we have boldness in the day of judgment. Because, look what it says, As He is, so are we in heaven. As He is, so will we become. No, as He is, so are we we in this world that, that's an amazing statement as jesus is right now so are you right now as jesus is right now so are you right here today if you've been born of god you've been born again but jesus is the lord of your life it's done you're just you're, you're like him so what's jesus like man he's depressed he must be depressed <laughs> he must be crippled he must be ticked off half the time struggling to make it and no that's not the way he is so that's not the way you are so you don't know my my present condition that's what i'm talking about our present condition i am not exalting your physical circumstances above god's word but i am talking about your present condition you are just like jesus Say, if you followed me around long enough, you wouldn't say that. I didn't say everything you did and everything you said was just like Jesus. That is the process part of this life that we're working through. But we must approach that with the foundation of I already am like him. It's already done. The work of God is complete in me. There's nothing else that must be added to this. Chapter 5. 1 John 5, verse 12. He who has the Son is going to have life. He who has the Son, what? Has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. How many know you can't get any more clear than that? What does it mean to have eternal life? What does it mean to be saved? If you have the Son, if you have Jesus, you have the life of God. Now, 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 what is life? Now, again, let's not think, well, that's just, I'm alive. I, my, I'm breathing. My heart is beating. Well, you had that before you had the Son. So it must not mean that. What happened when we received the Son is we got an infusion of a life, a divine quality of God's existence that we didn't have before. And whether we're living in it or seeing it, or seeing it or whether it's a reality in our thinking... That might be another thing. But if you've received the Son, you have zoe in you. That's a Greek word that means life. It is a quality of living, a quality of existence that God Himself has. It has within it contained every good thing that you would ever want and need in life. It has health and longevity. It has sustenance and strength. It has wisdom and peace. It has victory written all over it. It is the life of God. And it has been deposited into every believer. So how do I get that life? Get Jesus. And you've got it. Nothing else needs to be added to him. It's not Jesus plus something else. He is the entire recipe. One ingredient. Pour it in, mix it up, put it in the oven. One ingredient. And it's amazing the outcome. How did you come out with this? You only put in one thing? (laughs) Verse 13, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know, it's a possibility that these things could be a reality, but we just don't know them, that you may know that you, what, have eternal life. How many know you don't get eternal life when you go to heaven? Well, one of these days when I die, I'm going to get eternal life. No, it's a present tense possession of every child of God. We now today have, have, say it out loud with me. I have have. eternal life. life. He goes on to say, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the son of God. Do you see yourself as a complete Christian or a sinner trying real hard to live right? Are there, are there partial Christians? You know, people who are kind of saved. Now, we sometimes might describe people that way, looking outwardly, like, hmm, I'm not sure. Or, you know, this person, they're kind of saved. That person, they're like really saved. (laughs) Because we look at their outward commitments. We look at how they worship. We look at some external things. that Man, they are totally a Christian. Well, the reality of this is you cannot be part saved. You're not part going to heaven and part going to hell. You're not part. You don't have received part of the son, but part of the son you didn't receive. You're either a child of God in the family, have an inheritance. It's a completed work on your behalf, or you're still on the outside. All right. But we must see these things as done, all in. I either completely am, or, or I'm not. Where are you? Now, how many know acknowledging that and recognizing that might help us with the commitment? might help us with the outworking of it if we see ourselves as a complete child of God nothing missing, nothing left out God's not withholding some of his inheritance he's not withholding some of his blessing he's not keeping back some of his um, divine power and so forth from my life until I prove myself that I'm really going to stay with it no, the very moment I made Jesus the Lord of my life I got the whole deal it's like the buffet. As soon as you go through the line and pay at the cashier, the whole place is yours. I mean, you, can, you have access to everything. That's not necessarily wisdom I'm teaching here today. <laughs> but how many know the whole place is yours? You can eat the whole dessert bar. Why? You're in. You paid. You're in everything. That is the same way. That God deals with us. You you accept Jesus. You paid at the cashier. He, where he paid his blood, we accepted, and now we're in. Everything's there. Yes. Yes. Let's walk around and get some stuff. Yes. Hmm? Get some start with some salad. <laughs> Amen. Move on to the Chinese and the Mexican part, and the, and the, the steak part, and the fish part and some of you just you already went to the dessert bar i know (laughs) but you have access to everything you got the healing part you got the 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 peace part and the 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 victory over stuff part you got the deliverance bar (laughs) set free from bondage you know what i'm talking about you've got the prosperity area It's a little floating island you just go over there and get some of that and everything's included god did not forget about anything for your life. There was nothing left out. There was nothing that he left uh, undone. It has all been completed. Yeah. Are, are, are we desperate people? Uh, are we to live our lives. People saying. Oh I'm desperate for you Lord. Really? R- really? Are, are we desperate people? That, that means we're, we're without. That means we're lacking. That means God is far away. Or his resources are far away. And we're just. Crying out for for Him to fill us. Is that the way we approach God? Or is our relationship with Him based upon His finished work? It's already done. Lord, I've received Your goodness and Your grace. Oh, I'm good to go. Thank You, Lord. And I praise and worship Him all my days because of what is. And too many Christians, they worship Him as if they don't have Him. They worship Him, supposedly, as if He's far away. And they're missing His heart. They're missing the fact that He has placed right there. And He can't do any more than He's already done. Are we willing to say that our feelings of lack and emptiness are a result of God failing to provide for us? I don't think we would. any of us would articulate it that way. But so many times, the way we live, the way we approach Him, is saying exactly that. God, you just didn't quite do it, and I need a little bit more. I need a little bit more help. And if we're talking to him as if we're on the outside, trying to get in. As he is, as if he is withholding, and Lord, please let it go. And the reality is, it's already so. It's already done. God is already here. Don't try to get them to come into your life. You're already saved. Healing is complete. Victory is ours today. Satan is defeated. Deliverance has already happened. Now we are the children of God. Now faith is. The kingdom has come into your life. It's an established fact. It is absolute. There is nothing else to be added to it. What are we waiting for? Let's rise up and act like it's already done. Amen. Father, thank you today for helping us. Oh, for stirring our hearts. For giving us eyes to see. Thank you for the revelation of truth that makes us free. Thank you for understanding of the completed work of Christ. That there's nothing else we can add to it. There's nothing else that needs to be done. Lord, we accept and we acknowledge acknowledge the finished work of redemption. Lord, we are in Christ today. And he is our life. So thank you, Lord. Help us to adjust our perspective. And relate to you based on fact. Based on the truth of your eternal word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but your words will never pass away. It is, They are forever settled in heaven. And so we take you at your word, Lord. We won't believe anything else. Refuse to believe anything else. We thank you. That these things are accomplished. These things are complete and they are done. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you thanks. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen.